Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yes, here we go. The guy I love waking up to every morning, and you're no bad on the radio as well, Ali McCoy. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Mate. Great to see you, mate. Brilliant. Um, I was on Talk Sport with you the other week. Yes, you were. And you killed my Bert Connerman joke. Remember? No, do you know, that wasn't intentional. And I hope you take us the right away. I just wasn't listening to you. I know it's not really an ideal for a radio show host not to be listening to you. But I was, looking at, I was looking at my next questions, and I blame Wee Gordon, because Wee Gordon was listening 100%, and he never laughed. If he'd have laughed, I'd have known, that would have been a key for me to laugh, and I'd have laughed. So here I am, apologising to you. But it was quite a good joke. Sorry, mate, I was just looking at my next question. Oh, <laughs> 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 right, I must say, to you, I love you in Brazil, and talk sport, you are magnificent. What's he like, what's he like to work with? Oh, sh- he's great fun, Simon, he's a... Uh, He's been doing that job, I think he's been doing that job five mornings a week when he turns up. 18 years. Wow. 18 years, man. I, I mean, I don't know, he deserves a George, or his, his wife deserves medals for, for what he gets through, man. I, I don't know how he does it. I mean, I do uh, certainly one morning a week, maybe a couple of mornings a week. And it's brilliant fun. But I don't think I can do it. I mean, every day, he's up, well, he's up five o'clock. Show starts at six, but I'm going to tell you, the first couple of mornings I did it, usual. I'm all excited, really keen. So I'm in there about quarter past five. Show doesn't start at six o'clock. So I'm in there quarter past five. How you doing? Morning. Sitting reading the papers. Thursday night's results and I'm having a wee look. Just getting ginned up. Mm-hmm. See what the score is. Oh, whatever up in there. What's your problem there? Yeah, so, uh, quarter to six and he's not appeared. Ten to six. He's not appeared. So I'm, I'm new to the game. So I'm looking up there and it just goes... Kind of in between 10, 2 and 5 to 6. So I says to, I couldn't stop myself, I says to the producer, I said, Davey, I says, you know, what time do we start kind of panicking here? <laughs> right? And he looked at me as if I was for miles and he said, don't be daft, Ali, he said, the news isn't on yet. <laughs> and sure enough, I swear to God, 6 o'clock and news come in, bang, the door gets kicked open, Brazil comes in, Barnett, he's got left all over the place. Somebody hands him a sheet of paper Good morning, Alan Brazil. He's unbelievable. Amazing, yeah. He's fantastic. Uh-huh, but he's, he's been so doing good. it 18, 18 years. He's brilliant. Do you get a, a drink after it? Do you know what we do? I actually make up excuses to get back up the road on a Friday night. 
I pray for I pray for a BT game on a Friday night, so I, nah, I can't get for a drink with Alan. But what we normally do is, if there's nothing else on, it works out perfectly, because I go for a couple of pints with him, right into proper East End of London. He's got a couple of pubs that he goes to, and the boys are brilliant, old school East End, and it's not far from the city airport. So I think my flight's about just after two o'clock. So I do a wee eleven o'clock to half one with him. And it's a couple of beers, and he heads back to to is it Suffolk he's from, uh, and then I jump up the road in the flight. But well, a great couple of hours and a few beers with a couple of East End boys. It's great. I really enjoy it. Right, mate. On to your career. Yes. Not back as a kid for St. Mons, Sir Alex Ferguson. He did. He did. Why? Uh, he said I wasn't big enough. I mean, look at the size of me now. What a, what a poor decision that was. And I dig him up about it every time. No, it was a great. It was a great growing up, a great experience, Simon. Because believe it or not, when I was 14, 15. Um, Sir Alex, he used to pick me up for the school, believe it or not. I used to go to Hunter High in East Kilbride and he used to pick me up because he stayed up in Greenhill, I think it was in East Kilbride. And he used to pick me up and myself and another lad, Stevie Cowan, who he did sign at someone and, and, and went to Aberdeen with, with him. Um, used to travel from East Kilbride. So we'd go in, we would train with the S forums, and then uh, Sir Alex would take the training with the first team and the reserves. And then Stevie and I would wait. So Alex used to give us a couple of quid, just show you the days, he'd give us a couple of quid and we'd nip round to the chippy in Love Street, we'd get a bag of chips, Stevie and I, and then we'd come back and we'd wait and Sir Alex finishing and then he would, he would drop us off at the house. Brilliant, eh? I mean, I know, what a memory. You uh -huh. think one of, if not the greatest manager we've ever, ever produced and I go all the way back to that, that time when we used to go by, he used to pick us up at school and drop him off. And I, every, every time I see him, I still dig him up a bit, uh, a bit no signing me, but to be fair, he kind of recovered for that blow kind of quickly. <laughs> uh, spells at St Johnson and Sunderland before a dream move to your boyhood, yeah. your club Rangers. How did that move come about? I'll tell you what it was. It was, uh, I had a great time at St Johnson, magic time there growing up, and I actually had a great time at Sunderland. Just went down there probably too young, Simon. And it was Alan Durbin who was the manager at the time at, at Sunderland. And I, I can still remember it. He was fantastic with me. Um, and he pulled me in and he said, did Rangers on the phone, and John Gregg on the phone. He said, do you fancy it? And I went, why? I said, I've got to be honest with you, I mean, great move. And he, I, I never get it, he said, he actually looked at me and he said, he said, I think you should go. He said, for one of the other reasons, he said, I don't think I'll be here. He said, in three or four months. And sure enough, he, 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 he got the sack relatively soon after that. And I How thought, much was that to do with you? Probably the majority of it, to be quite honest. <laughs> it was, but we did all right. We were, we, were in the, we were in the first division at the time, stayed in the first division. <coughs> and it was a great experience. I loved it. I mean, the football, clearly I didn't score as many goals as I would love it, I'd like to. But brilliant. I mean, I, I was telling people, I mean, maybe before your time, but my roommate down at Sunderland was Frank Wellington. Uh, I remember know, him, huh? A legendary Frank Wellington. You've got to remember, I'm an 18-year-old boy coming down Fisco Bride and I'm rooming with Frank Wellington, right? And we beat Manchester City last game of the season, I think, at uh, Roker Park. Um, and we were on the half past seven flight to Magaluf, to Palma, right, with the Sunderland team. <clears throat> and my roommate, honest to God, for five or six days in Magaluf was Frank Wellington. And there answers your next question, how I never scored so many goals at Sunderland. <laughs> it was actually Frank Wellington's fault. Uh, but what an experience. Leighton James, another boy, uh, lots of caps for Wales, some good players. And then, uh, as I say, I, I really did enjoy it. Great people, great support, but didn't work out just as well as I was hoped. And then I got, my, I was lucky to get a dream ticket back up the road. Uh -huh. How was your family in that when you signed for Rangers? Oh wasn't? man, I phoned my wee granny. 
I remember I met John Gregg and Tommy McLean at, uh, at that time. It was called the Crest Hotel around about Carlisle. And uh, I was just sat and they said, do you fancy it? And I said, you kidding me on? Absolutely. And then we said, right, come on, we'll go back up the road and sign. And, and it's before payphones in those days, you remember them, boy? Mm. And then we were in, Ted Pence, and phoned my wee granny in Thornley Bank. Um, first person I phoned. Um, and I can, I can still hear her, you know, obviously not with us now. I can still hear her voice on the phone. And I was just saying, that's me, I'm going to sign with the Rangers. And she said, oh, man, you could have given her a million pounds and it wouldn't have meant just yeah. as much, you know. And then obviously my, my mum and dad and things like that were absolutely delighted, thrilled. Uh, it was a struggling Rangers team at that time, wasn't Absolutely. It? Did that help you? Get games uh, and get goals straight away? Well, I, I, I didn't as such. It helped me in the respect. i tell you what it did do, Sam. I, I had to sink or swim. Mm-hmm. You know, because straight in, were you? Huh? We were having a toil. We were having a toil. I mean, we Gordon's Aberdeen team, were, Fergie's Aberdeen team were absolutely flying. Celtic at that point was still a bit better side than Rangers, but Aberdeen were buzzing. By the way, Dundee United mm-hmm. got a European Cup semi-final and won the league. So at that particular time, it's probably difficult for a lot of younger guys and girls to, that love their football to appreciate that time. Mm-hmm. Because probably the last Celtic Rangers have generally speaking dominated Scottish football. But at that particular time, there was a, I mean, Aberdeen were beating Real Madrid, as I say, in the, mm-hmm. in the, in the Cumberland's Cup final. Then the United beat Roma at home, I think 2 nothing in the semi-final of the European Cup. So it wasn't a great time to be a Rangers player, but... I wouldn't have swapped anything. Um, I got a tough time from the from the supporters at that particular time, which, as I say, when I look back, do I regret it? No, because it actually made me made me stronger. Because mm-hmm. if I didn't if I didn't handle that at all, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have stayed at the club and I'd have been away down the road. And I was at, at that particular time. You know, I think Jock Wallace probably would have sold me at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, but thankfully I just stuck at it, worked hard, and got through it. And then Graham Sooner's arrival. Oh, Other than the influx of players and the ma- handlebar moustaches, what else did he bring? Unbelievable, that big Thomas <laughs> McMahon, old man. never grow one there? Oh, no, no. I tried it for that no- November. Yeah. And by the next November, I still hadn't had one of mine. <laughs> Honestly, that was an embarrassment. Man. Not bad with the old beard, right? Uh-huh. Not bad with my can. You, no, you didn't need it, so no, your face no. is lovely. To be fair, that's very, very kind. Yeah, I, the last thing I needed was to hide my face. <laughs> uh, but Soonish was absolutely brilliant. Uh-huh. I mean... In he, what way, just if Everything. He, he transfor- I just think he, tran- he certainly transformed Rangers Football Club. But do you know some He transformed Scottish football on that team as well. The whole place just went crazy, you know. And, and he forced... I mean, his first, two of his first three signings... I think his first signing was big Colin West, centre-forward. And I think his next two were uh, Terry Butcher, England captain, and Chris Woods, the England goalkeeper. And the whole place just went crazy. And then it forced Celtic... And certainly Aberdeen as well. I remember Aberdeen had signed some great, particularly Dutch players, Hans Heelhouse and Schnelders and boys like that. But he just, I can still, the whole place just erupted into a new level. And our first game at, uh, remember the first game under Soonis at Easter Road, man? The atmosphere, I mean, the atmosphere's normally good through at 10 Cows and Easter Road, but the atmosphere at Easter Road was ridiculous, ridiculous. And we get beat, I think we get beat 2-1, Soonis gets sent off. Um, for a, uh, I nearly said tackle there for an assault on George McCluskey, <laughs> and then but it was a brilliant because there was a fight in the middle of the park. I always remember, I think it's still first. There was a fight in the middle of the park, and everybody was into it, right? And the SFA looked at it after, or was powers that be, the SFA looked after, it, and they actually issued twenty-one bookings, right, to everybody that was involved. And the only person that wasn't involved was Hibs goalie Alan Ruff because it was too far for him to run to the halfway line. <laughs> 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 but there was 21 bookings 
But, I mean, from then on, it, the atmosphere was just fantastic. And Graham, I mean, I've got to say, what a player. Was he a hit? Oh, man alive. And he probably, he, I would guess he would say, he probably was just coming to the end of his career at Rangers, picking up injuries, things like that. But you could see, I mean, a seriously, seriously phenomenal player. Certainly, you know, him and Kenny, for me, would be two of the best that Scotland's ever produced. Mm -hmm. And he, he, was, he was just great. As I say, player manager at Rangers, I mean, I used to fight like cat and dog one, you know. I mean, we used to we used to argue. I didn't win too many of those arguments, to be fair. But, you know, he, he, he's take a step back, and you know, like, he was great for me. Mm -hmm. He was absolutely great for me. Barry Ferguson said at Blackburn, when he was a manager, he'd join in and he would boot players. Would it be the same at Rangers? Would he oh, boot you in training? Oh, man, you kidding me on? See Scotland-England games. We used to have Scotland-England games at training, right? And by the way, they couldn't beat us. I swear really, to you. Yeah. Oh, what a team they had. You think about it, Woods, Butcher, and Soonish used to play with England. Right? Uh -huh. And that used to drive us mental, uh -huh. by the way. Used to drive us mental. But they, they couldn't have beat us. I mean, we had boys like Stuart Monroe, a lot of Rangers players I remember, fans I remember, left back, great, with Cooper, with Durant, with not a bad team, uh -huh. and they just couldn't have beat us. So I remember one of the Friday mornings we're having a Scotland England game, and we had about three or four, nothing up, right? And it's all that Ole stuff, you know, taking the mickey, and English boys didn't like it. So we had Durant to get the ball, and they. Uh, I think he stands in the ball, right? And I can still see it. Soonest comes up and says, Oh my God, smashes him, right? Outrageous tackle. Outrageous tackle. And we Durant, he was, he was like one of those weebles. Remember the weebles that wobble, but don't fall down? <laughs> so we Durant went, bump, bump, right? Back up, puts his foot in the ball, and says to Soonest, Is that your best? Right? And Graham went, no, as a matter of fact, this is bang, right? <laughs> and next minute we're all, we're all rolling about. Kenny Butcher's got me in a headlock. Walter's refereeing it. He's running about blowing a whistle. Beep, beep, beep. Right? Honest to God, and that was the last ever Scotland-England game where Walter like, no more. We're having no more Scotland-England games. To be fair, but as soon as turned it around, brilliant. Uh -huh. Next minute, once everybody's calmed down, he comes into the dressing room and said, you know, that's what it's all about, lads. I love a bit of passion, right? Motor's like, not necessarily on a Friday, 12 hours before kickoff. Brilliant, but eh? great. When I'm still proper, when oh. uh, You think about it, boys like Graham Roberts and Terry Hurlock and lads like that, I mean, serious, serious winners, real winners. Were they hard on young lads like yourself? Hi. Oh, absolutely. They, you know, and that's the way, I wouldn't have changed it. And I think if I was going to be a little bit critical now, I think that's maybe going a wee bit out the game. I wouldn't say the younger ones are Molly Coddled as such, but, you know... I don't think there was any harm in us getting a, you know, a talking to or a wee scalper in the ear hole when we needed to from, from older pros. Certainly didn't do us any harm. Uh -huh. uh, Soon S leaves, Walter yes. Smith comes in. Do you no, feel like you played your best football your career under Yeah. Him? Why did yeah. you think that was? Um, I, I got a more consistent run in the team. Um, but I also think, if I was going to be honest, I think I probably physically and, and mentally developed as a player and that was on about my peak when Walter got the, got the job and he, he put me back in the team. I mean, I remember a game at Tynecastle with a, with a front three of Hately, myself and Morris Johnson. Which when I look back now, I thought that's a reasonable front yeah, three, you know. Decent. And he played the three of us uh, and won. So Walter definitely um, gave me an opportunity. I mean, so did Graham. But I learned, I learned an awful lot from Graham. But I think Walter, you know, got, gave me an opportunity to get back in the team. And once I did get back in the team, I felt, you know, physically and mentally, as I say, that was me probably just at my best. And he, it was a dream ticket for me because I just, you know, played with some, as I say, played with some fantastic strikers. Morris Johnson, Mark Hately, you know, Robert Fleck as well. Good, good players. And he, as I say, when he put me back in the team, I was lucky I kind of never looked back and just carried on. What makes him so good? Is it just the confidence he has? His man management as well, Sam. He's, he's brilliant. You know, he's, 
he knows how to. Uh, Graham, Graham was fantastic, you know, but Graham was was, was very, you know, um, proactive. He, he reacted to things, you know, mm -hmm. um, whereas Walter would maybe take a step back and, and think about it a little bit more. You know, both brilliant managers, but both different. And I say both both great for my career. But I think Walter, as I say, don't get me wrong, Walter could lose it in the dressing room as well. But I think he, 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 he knew how to deal with, you know, individuals probably a little bit, in my, my opinion, slightly better. And I get it because people say, the normal thing people would say is, you know, in a team game, you treat everybody the same. But you actually don't, you know, because the fact of the matter is no two people are the same in your team. You know, and you can have rules and regulations and all that stuff, and I get that. But some people need a wee cuddle, some people need a kick up the backside, and that's different. And Walter was excellent at that. What you've just said there, there was some amount of characters in that Rangers team. How important was the dressing room, the spirit in that oh, for man. the success? Uh, I mean, uh, that's, that's what I remember more than anything. I mean, uh, it sounds a crazy thing to say, but some were really successful, obviously winning championships and cups and trophies. But I remember, <laughs> I remember the dressing room. It's it's just been the best place in the world to go to, up for your, up for your work in the morning. I mean, it's a just grace calling at your work. Go up and you're going in the morning, and you've got all these guys. Whether it's Durant, Gascoigne, Gorham, you know, Big Goffey, everybody just real. Everybody brought something different to the party, mm -hmm. you know. And um, but that said, the dressing room it, it was a, a real working working environment, you know. There was. There was a little bit of, I mean, I think Goffey once said, you know, the team that drinks together wins together, which, you know, had his tongue in his cheek because you don't get anything unless you work hard. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I tell people about, about Gascoigne. He was a fantastic player, you know, had his moments. But I tell you what, when he came into his work, he, he was unbelievable out in the training ground, in the gymnasium. And everybody had, with a brilliant time, Sam, it was, the dressing room, as I say, was especially me as anything has been in my life. But it was a real working, working environment. You come into work, but you had a laugh doing it. Mm -hmm. you got, and you get away with everything. See, if you work hard and you have a laugh and you're winning, you can get away with everything. It's mad that a manager like Walter Smith with that stern, everyone thinks he's a disciplinarian and he's yeah. got all the characters running about. Would he just let you run, do what you want? Like, oh, no. and stitch people up in it? Oh, no, no, oh, no, oh, no. He'd let you away with so much. I mean, he'd let you away with, with, with just so much. For example, like the, for, I remember Sebastian Rosenthal come over from Chile. Um, and Gascoigne was up and Christmas, for example, Walter, I, I took Sebastian up my house for Christmas, Walter would take Gascoigne. You know, it was that kind of uh -huh. environment. But at the same time, bang, as soon as you went over that line, office, you know, and you, 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 you knew when you'd overstepped the line a little bit and you'd crossed over that border and there was no, no, nah, he, was, he was great. He wouldn't, as I say, he quite enjoyed it. Uh -huh. The most important thing is, as I said to you, Sam, see if you're winning games of football, You'll get away with a little bit more, but as soon as you're not winning them, then the scrutiny becomes, you know, you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that. But um, no, he, he, was, he was great. He was a strong disciplinarian, but at the same time, oh, Walter loved a laugh as much as anybody. Even the younger lads coming through were characters. Charlie oh, Muller's story, man. he told us, was, was brilliant. Ch Charlie Muller, man, honest to God. Gee, Char Ch Charlie, we, we Geranti used to do my boots. When I first went to the Ibrox, we Geranti was my boot boy. Yeah. Um, Derek Ferguson was in there, signed Ian Ferguson obviously, but we Charlie Char was a good player, you know. Uh -huh. Oh, he was a good player. I, I can still remember his first day. I mean, he was never ever going to win a gold medal for shyness, we Charlie. <laughs> right? Seriously. <laughs> he was outrageous. His first day, right? This is his first day. 
So he comes in and he's, he's, he's not even training with the first team, right? So I'm sitting and we finished our training up in the dressing room. This head comes in, the first team dressing room. Now, if I'm him and I'm my first day, I don't get anywhere near the first team dressing room, right? Anyway, head comes in the first team dressing room. Oh, Christy! Right, I'm like, who's that? <laughs> Turning out the door, we Charlie Mark. Oh, Christy! I say, well, yes, wee man. I says, what is it? He says, eh, you're a fish bread, aren't you? I says, as a matter of fact, I'm called him with I says, I'm, I'm fish bread. He says, eh, oh, that's good. He says, actually, in Castlemilk, can you give me a lift up the road? You know what I mean? Eh? By the way, I've ended up giving him a lift up the road. You know, I thought, oh, what a brash neck. Uh -huh. But that was him. But no, we Charlie came into that, that dressing room and, as I say, it wasn't long before he was getting changed up in our dressing room. Terrific talent, terrific. Mm -hmm. He's one of the best I've ever seen at taking the ball on the turn, we Charlie. Mm -hmm. You know, he could fire it into him. He had a lovely touch and he could take it on the turn. Mm -hmm. But I mean, with some seriously good young boys coming through there, you know, Derek Ferguson and, 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 and we Geranti, man. I mean, whew, I mean, some good, good young players coming through. I mean, Geranti and Derek Ferguson, you know, a little bit unlucky. And I know they played a couple of games with, with, with Ian Fergus in the middle of the park as well. You know, that, that, at that time, there was a real, real good talent, mm -hmm. particularly youth talent coming through at Rangers, you know. But yourself, European top scorer two years in a row. Aye, two, two years golden in a row. bits. Two golden boots, huh? We got the first one in 91 92, which uh, I, delighted, I was delighted with. I, I absolutely thrilled. Sam. I, I can still remember. Um, honestly, you talk, you talk about the team spirit we had, and it was Gary Stevens. We were playing a game against Hearts at Tynecastle, and I think we'd won the league. Uh, it was the end of November, and it's uh, a joke, Simon. <laughs> Sorry, like, man, I was You have one of my money again. Eh? Sorry. Now, come on now. You got away with once, Simon. <laughs> right. Tune in I'm now. I'm tuned in, mate. Sorry. It was the end Sorry, of November, yeah. we won the league, right? We'll try again. Starting to be right. Charlie Nolan, Cassimo. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, so, <laughs> just keeping your toes. So, uh, I think it was the end of April or something, I'm joking, end of April, and we won the league. And Gary, I remember Gary Stevens completely and utterly chasing a lost cause against Hearts. No chance. Right? The ball's running out and he kept going and he kept going. And I can remember, I thought, I'll just a wee gamble here. And I just kept running. And he, he got it just before it was out and cut it back and I scored. And he came running up to me. And he was like, that's another one. And I thought, that's unbelievable. He's actually as much me wanting to win this golden boot as blinking I am. And that was the kind of team spirit. It was right. absolutely fantastic. But the, the first year, 1991-92, was, I was, I was really delighted with. And I found out before the Euros in the over in 92 Euros were where they, they, they were in Holland, weren't they? 92 Euros were in Holland, Holland Sweden. Big pardon, mm -hmm. Sweden, uh, with Holland in the section, um, and we were over in America in a, a pre-tournament tour with Scotland. And I found out there was some because some wee Romanian guy. You know what it was like then. I think he needed to score nine the last game to beat me. I think he got eight. It was one of his, do you know what I mean? I think he scored his seventh in the 98th minute. He got his eighth in the 114, you know what I mean? You're never, sure. You're never sure with that mob. But thankfully, I did enough to win it and then won it again the, the following year, 92, 93. I broke my leg, funnily enough. I think we're about seven or eight games to go, but managed to still hang on and win it. There must have been teams wanting to take you away for Rangers at that time, no? I'd one or two teams, yeah. I, I, could, have, I could have gone down to... I think Everton were interested at that point and I could have went to Germany as well, but 
I didn't want to leave, mate. No. I mean, when you think about it, people now would say, you know, why, why did you not leave? You know, why did you not want to go? And I get it. But I was, I was probably a little bit like Paul McStay, but a little bit luckier than Paul in the respect that, you know, I was playing in a team that was winning. Loved my team, same way as Paul did. You know, I've got utmost respect for Paul. I love Paul McStay. Um, and he just wanted to play for Celtic. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and people go like, yeah, what do you mean? What's wrong with that? You want to play with the team you supported as a boy? There's nothing wrong with that. Mm. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I was the exact same myself. I was playing with a team that I supported as a boy and always wanted to play for. But I was probably a little bit luckier that we were winning. Winning trophies. Winning yeah, trophies, yeah. winning leagues, winning cups, playing in the Champions League, playing in the European Cup every year. So... You know, I didn't really want, didn't really want to move. Uh, you've said that winning things. You were there for the whole nine in a row. Yeah. How was that night at Tannadice when you clinched it? Ah, uh, it was, it was, it was amazing. I, I mean, loads of heather. Man, what's that uh, all about? Charlie Miller cross. Charlie Miller cross. Does, cross. I, he never shot oh, about. You on my Charlie getting your feet? What the man? You on <laughs> the plugs keep you going? On, are, you, are you on? <laughs> I've got a pair of shin guards <laughs> for you after this. <laughs> hey, no, you're absolutely right. I, cro I think it might even have a left-footed cross on the left-hand uh -huh. side. Charlie Miller and the. Brian came in and headed it in uh, in the way that only Brian could. Not a hair on his head moved. He still looked gorgeous. I remember, I remember him giving him a kiss after the goal, thinking, wow. I mean, but that was just Brian. What a football player he was. But he didn't score too many with his head. But that, that night at Tannadice was, it, it was special. But it was, it, was, it was relief. It's strange to try and explain it. But it was relief because as good as the team were and as successful as the team had been, would probably be known as the team that didn't win nine in a row. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. crazy. So that was more relief than anything. And that relief I remember more than the disappointment of not winning 10. Mm -hmm. To be fair, I remember the relief, the relief at winning nine because you always felt that we might have been remembered as a team that didn't win nine when we should have. Mm -hmm. How was the night after that? Good? Wild. Absolutely wild. We, didn't have, too, we didn't have too many quiet ones, to be fair. I were in the tin. We, we, I remember coming back, we, we drove around George Square, I think. George Square was, we, we, was jumping. Uh, we, we were Rangers supporters and uh, we, had a, we had a night out after it, which was we, obviously celebrating the, the, the victory and the, the, the championship and it was absolutely amazing. Though that's the one thing I'd say, we, we, we did play hard, we worked hard, but we played hard. I mean, some of the, some of the, 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 the celebrations we had after good victories, were, were, were brilliant. I mean, one of the games down at Leeds United, we beat Leeds in the, to, to get into the Champions League. And I remember, I remember, I mean, they were a proper team. The <laughs> English champions, McAllister, Strachan, Cantona, you know, good yeah. team. And I remember uh, we beat them. The first person, honestly, the first person in the Rangers dressing room after that game celebrating was Sir Alex. <laughs> aye, was he, huh? aye. For a couple of reasons, I think a Manchester United manager didn't mind seeing Leeds getting beat. Mm -hmm. But also, Scottish football, he was obviously very, very proud Scott, Sir Alex, and he was just delighted that uh, a Scottish team had, had, had beaten the English champions. And I remember Walter Smith saying after the game, <laughs> saying after the game, because we stayed in Manchester, and he said, right, I don't care what you do or where you go, but the bus leaves at half past nine tomorrow morning, be on it. And uh, we were all on it at half past nine. Minute past half past nine, Stuart McCall arrived, right, looking though as though he'd enjoyed his victory the night before. Uh -huh. So anyway, Stuart got kept up the back of the bus. And I remember Walter saying to him, you up the back of the bus. And Stuart saying, he said, there's a game at the weekend. And Stuart said, but Gaffer, it's only Celtic. 
And he went, you gab the back of that bus. <laughs> and sure enough, we did with Celtic at the weekend, uh, I think. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, what do you ha- hold higher, the nine in a row or the, the highest scorer club? Oh, dear. Putting you on the spot here. Aye. Um, probably the nine in a row. Just because, not the actual achievement, just the people I played with. Mm-hmm. The nine in a row makes me think about guys like Scott Nisbet, you know, Andy Dibble. I mean, a million guys that you just, you would not automatically think of. Gary, Trevor, Stephen, boys like that. And I just think when you when you talk about that particular successful period, I just think of the players, my teammates, and my pals, you know. Uh-huh. Probably Good times. Not. Great times, uh-huh. great times. I need to ask you about a shot of glory. How did that, how did you get on the telly? Do you know what it was? I think I think it was a film. When I went to cinema, I made a telly. Come on now, don't you go sell me shot. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you what it was it was Campbell Ogilvie uh, who was at that time was secretary at Rangers and his wife they knew about this potential film um, with, with Robert Duvall and ended up I think it was, it was Campbell said to me he says Robert Duvall wants to meet you and I said uh, you joking he said no he wants to meet you in a hotel so I went in the hotel in Glasgow and I met Robert Duvall and he gave me a week and a, a week and a screen test type thing. And he went, right, he said, if you fancy the gig, he said, I need to speak to the, the producer um, and director. He said, but for me, you've got it. And, uh, and I got it, and it was, it was brilliant. I mean, what made it so special? Obviously, Robert Duvall was one of the... Uh-huh. Godfather, wasn't it? Oh, uh-huh. tell you, if you ask MD of a generation, top five actors, Robert Duvall will be in the top five. Michael Keaton was in it as well. That's mad Batman, wasn't it? That's right. Uh-huh. I remember saying to Michael, he stopped name dropping. But Mike, I remember, <laughs> I remember, <laughs> I remember with, with one of the games here, true story, uh-huh. we filmed on a Sunday, the Scottish Cup final. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. With a phone, and I think there was, I'm telling you, it was ridiculous. I think there was 33,000 at the game. Right, mm-hmm. I think it was 33,000 at the game for this film and on the Wednesday there was a midweek league cup tie and I was about 18,000 <laughs> 18, at the game just typical West of Scotland madness it was 33,000 turned up for the, for the movie but it was, same, it was brilliant about it all the lads again the team you know Coyle was in it Big Andy Smith Jimmy Boyle a lot of the Airdrie boys were, were in it you know and they obviously made up the team mm-hmm. and we used to have some giggle absolutely Brilliant. Did you uh, take Duval in the tin? Oh, aye. He, he loved it. He was absolutely <laughs> magic. And big, do you remember Big John Martin, the goalkeeper? Uh huh. Johnny Martin. Ah, oh, Big Johnny uh-huh. was brilliant. I remember Johnny having a conversation with Johnny. It took about a day and a half, man. <laughs> I gave him a right good listening to. I swear to God. I could listen Right. <laughs> Robert Duval loved him. Right. Uh-huh. Robert Duval absolutely loved him, man. But it was brilliant. And we, we I did a bit of filming up at St Andrews. And Robert Duval 
he loved the boys and he, he organised dinner up on the top floor of, I think it was Old Course at St Andrews and he just had a big table big round table for about 19, 20 and he wanted all the boys on it because he just loved the crack <laughs> and he loved all the stories and the boys giving each other a bit of stick you know but that was a, that was a brilliant brilliant memory <laughs> great memory but you know bothered about your character being a Celtic player now? no no because I had the Rangers top underneath it to keep that you know, I didn't want it rubbing against my skin, Simon, you know. So I had the Rangers jersey on underneath. You think I'm joking, don't you? What, did you really? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Come on. Some man. Uh, right, mate, into your coaching. Yes. First step was with Scotland. Yeah. Was it a bit of a risk because you were the nation's sweetheart of the media? With it? Aye, but do you know something? I always wanted to try it. Always wanted to try it. it was, and it was brilliant. And I remember going, Walter said he wanted a wee chat with us. I said, fine, went for a bit of lunch. And he, he said, hey, I've got a Scotland job. He said, I, I want you to come and be part of it. And I thought he meant maybe like the 18s or the 21s. I said, well, what do you mind? And he said, no, I want you to come with the, 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 the big team and with Tam and be my assistants. And I went, Pfft. he said, but I need you to have a think about it because I was doing a lot of telly work and all that stuff and I was enjoying it. But at the same time, man, dear me, you can't, couldn't knock that back. And uh, I just loved it, man. I loved it. Uh -huh. Tam, man. Uh, Tam's one of these guys, he just mentions his name, you smile, uh -huh. you know? And my first game on the... Uh, <laughs> well, we're playing Italy in the San Siro, right? Not a bad opener. Mm -hmm. We're playing Italy in the San Siro. This is true, by the way. Uh. And Walter comes up to us the day of the game. He's, he, sorry, day before the game, because we're training in San Siro on the Tuesday night before the game, I think it was. He said, Right, two of you. And Big Jimmy, goalkeeping coach. I'm not having it. He said, We're training at half past six. Bus leaves at quarter past. I've organised a taxi for you three at six o'clock. So you can go to the stadium and get all set up. Right, so we're ready for his coming. I went, Andy, boy, that's great. Damn's like, lovely. Okay, gaffer, that'll be smashed. So sure enough, six o'clock, five to six, bang, we're in a taxi. <whistles> Balls, bibs, the whole shooting match. Away we go. So I don't need to tell you, man. Traffic in Milan. We get caught, we're ruining this way, ruining that way. I'm looking, I'm beginning to panic, but I don't want Tam panicking. I think of 20 past six, just after 20 past, 25 past six. Anyway, we come up, we arrive at the San Siro, and... Tam's having a look, we go look through, the, look through the gates and we can see the blue jersey and Tam says to me, oh Christ, he said, you're beauty. He said, have a look. He said, the, the Italian boys are still training. He says, we'll get five, ten minutes the Italian boys before we start the training. I says, great Tam. So I do we look. I says, Tam. He says, what is it, Christy? I said, I've got bad news. He says, what is it? I said, that's us. <laughs> I said, I said, they're on the park. The boys are on the park. He went, you're kidding me on. I went, no, I'm not kidding you on. So sure is, right. Now, Big Jimmy Stewart, we've dragged Big Jimmy down to our level. Tam and I, Tam was a breath of fresh air, man. He's ten keeping He's the only person ever in football that's worse than mine. Uh -huh. So we, I remember going out on the park. It was the official walk of shame, right? And you've never had it, man. Just the laser beams, right? I can feel the laser beams on me from the wall, though, right? Laser beams are coming down like that. <laughs> Tam and I have got a head down. Oh, he's livid. Anyway, we're setting up the training. But that was Tam. He thought it was the Italians. <laughs> Brilliant, but, eh? The easiest way to find out, I just threw the squad the ball. I said, there, you can find out whether they're Italians or not, Tam. You'll find, <laughs> <laughs> you'll find they're us. <laughs> would Walter, would he be angry at, could you get angry at Tommy now? Oh, you couldn't get angry at Tommy. I mean, Tommy, I have been in a meeting, a Scotland meeting, where Tommy's fell asleep, mm -hmm. right? I'm not kidding. Did Walter never pull him up now? Oh, Walt, pull him up, I tell you what he did. It was a meeting for the coaches. I think one in Lithuania or something. I can't remember when it was. And we had a coaching meeting before we met the boys. And I'm sitting two back and Tam's, you know, I'm getting a feel of that, and I'm watching Tam. And Walter's doing his bit and he's got a video on my corners for you. And I'm watching Tam. I think he's taking the mic, isn't he? Yeah. 
and I can see, I can see in the head going like that, and I'm thinking, of course, I'm delighted, man, I'm ecstatic, right? I'm thinking, he's going to be tearing a mickey here, Tam. Tam, no way, and then I'm watching him, watching him, and eventually it's the full. Oh, right? Hey. He's away, right? So I'm like, right? No, seriously, if I was a good guy, I'd have gave him a nudge and tried to wake him up. That's no, my, that's no my style. I'm like, well, right? So you know what he did? So what he goes, is that right? right? So he pulled the plug out of the telly, got everybody out of the room, walked out of the room and left him. So Tam, Tam at this meeting was lying sleeping for about 15, 20 minutes himself. But you couldn't get angry. You could not no. get angry with Tam. Brilliant. So would you I, tell you, I tell you, my favourite Tam story, right? And I told it, I told it one of the, 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 the videos, man, it's just the best ever, right? We're up at St Andrews, we went to Scotland, get the Guinness, and we had a, <laughs> we had a, we had a photograph to do in the afternoon for show racism, the red card, mm -hmm. right? Oh, you're not buying us. So usually all the boys are there, and they've got all the cards, and it's show racism, the red card. So me, oh, time, keeping again, 10 minutes late, running, all the boys are there, and I'm I can see they're all raging at me, right? So I'm running down, and I've got to get the benches up, and they're all positioned perfectly, right? So I've got to come in the front, and Tam's at row at the back, and I've got to so up, sorry, lads, sorry, sorry, lads. They're all raging at me, right? Raging, right? So I go in, I go to sit down, but I've not got my card, and they're all raging. And Tam leans over, and he goes, oh, he says, get that orange bastard, that shorty, <laughs> shorty says I'm a red card, will you? <laughs> <laughs> Stitches. Brilliant. Uh -huh. I mean, what a line. <laughs> she's getting that orange bee, that show says on the red card. And it, it's one of the best ever in the whole place. Oh, I can still, oh, fantastic. These two together must have been something. Oh, I loved them. Uh -huh. Sam, I loved them. I loved them. And initially, that period as well, we used to take part in the training, Tam and I, with the Scotland boys. And oh, it was great fun. Walter let us have a kick about with the boys as well. It's magic. No, but great days. Great days. So, what was your initial reactions when Walter told you that Rangers had approached him? For the job again? Oh, aye, I was like, aye, happy days, you know. Um, I mean, it was a tough one, obviously, for, for, for Walter more than, more than MD, but at the same time, and, and I, I understand some people's misinformed logic, if you ask me, about, I don't think for a minute Walter Smith turned his back in his country. He's got an opportunity to go back to a full time job, mm -hmm. at, you know one of the two biggest clubs in the, in, in the country, so you've got it. I mean, anybody would think about it. Um, and then when he, when he said to me, he had a chance and asked me if I fancied it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was, it was, absolute, it was perfect. And then I think we went back in about the January. It was, it was start of the, 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 the start of that year. Um, and as I say, there was a lot of work, lot of work to be done. It really was. I mean, Gordon was, man, Gordon was managing at Celtic at the time and, you know, there were good sides Celtic were winning the winning the championship. But uh, that that whole period was was fantastic. Would Rangers have been the only team that he's really left Scotland for? Aye, aye. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You know, it's difficult to say because it is a probably quite a hypothetical question. But you know, the lure uh, of going back to Rangers and going back to full time football. Aye. Scotland was fantastic. You know, um, it was I loved it. Wouldn't have swapped anything for it. But um, the, the lure of going back to full-time football with Rangers was brilliant. But that was another one about Tam. You know that story uh, going back? We're going to, uh, oh, <laughs> brilliant. Tam, walk, Tam walked into the Celtic dressing room with his boots and said, that's me, lads. I'll catch you later on. He said, I'm off. Off with Walter and Ali. Right? Like Tam Burns. And they're all looking at him like, what? He said, ah, they made me an offer. I need to go. That's me. Catch you later on. 
<laughs> walked out the Celtic dressing room, closed the door. And I can imagine all the boys, they must be sitting there going, no, no surely not, you know. But I went, Do you think the, the criticism you received was a bit unfair of her? Ah, uh, I get it. I mean, criticism, it goes, it goes with the territory. I think in the cold light of day, I think, you know, Andy level-headed would sit back and say, you know, they've made a decision that they go to a, a club that means everything to them, but as well, it's a full time, you're involved day to day, mm -hmm. which, you know, we both certainly wanted. As I say, Scotland's fantastic, but you're only seeing the players maybe once every six weeks or two months, mm -hmm. you know, and that's a big factor. You know, you, you're not getting an opportunity to work with players like every day, daily, on a daily basis. And, and we had an opportunity to do that. So listen, I under, understand the stick uh, that, that, that we go. I don't necessarily agree with it, but hey, that's, that's, that's the way it goes. As a feeling going back as a coach, was it the same similar feeling when you went there as a player the first time? Ah, Did you get that? Great. The ah, yeah, I, mean, coming I, back? I was buzzing, man. I was, I was buzzing. I, I, absolutely. I mean, Kenny would all tell you, I was a bag of nerves before the first game. Oh, yeah. Bagging, oh, a bag of nerves. Even more so as a player, Aye. Ah, ah. Why? I don't know. I, 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 it's a difficult question to answer, but I can remember I've tried to write out team sheets, my hands were shaking and all that, wow. which is amazing, eh? Uh -huh. um, I think the D&IT game, one of the first games, there was a pitch inspecting at seven o'clock, at half past seven, and we didn't want the game on. So uh, I remember, well, I should get there at seven o'clock if you can. So I remember I got there at seven o'clock and Peter Houston was on to me. He said, uh, I remember doing a turn, he said, Coach, what are you up to? To be fair, I was standing there with a hose on the park like that. <laughs> no, I wasn't really ready. <laughs> no, I'm, no, it wasn't, it wasn't just as bad as that. <laughs> it wasn't just as bad. <laughs> nearly, nearly. But I, I, Hushti must have read the script anyway. He turned up and the game went ahead and thankfully it did go ahead because we won the game. But I was a bag of nerves. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the team lines, my hand was shaking, I just... Oh, I was so psyched up. It was brilliant to get back. Uh -huh. See, when you first went in, did you ever think that team would be capable of getting the UEFA Cup final? <sighs> did you feel there was a lot of work needed done, oh, did aye. you? Aye. But there was, if you look at the changes that, 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 uh, that Walter made, an awful lot of changes. I've got to say, when I look back now, it's an absolute minor miracle that the boys within that year could get to uh, a UEFA Cup final. I, I mean, absolutely unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. But that team that went to the FA Cup final were, were special. Really, really special. What was special about them? Just the, the bond they had? Aye. Team spirit? Aye. And, and, a, and a, a determination not to lose goals, you know. Yeah. We had obviously Davy in the centre centre defence and we, we kind of surrounded him with um, a bit more legs and equal equal talent and, and, and Davy was fantastic for us. We just, how we got that? I mean, in some of the... The, 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 we get beat was it one nothing over Verda Bremen was it and the goalie McGregor made a ridiculous save he was brilliant that year oh, wasn't ridiculous uh -huh. and then I remember Panathinaikos uh, at that time it was a quarter final and honestly you know I think we obviously wanted to win the game but we knew winning the game would have a serious detrimental effect on his winning the title and it was a bizarre situation. We naturally scored to make it one each more through. And then we knew the longer we were getting in that cup, it was great for us, but it would catch up on us in terms of winning the league. And that was the way it worked. And we went to the final. I mean, the semi-final against Fiorentina was ridiculous because they, they were an excellent side as well. And the two zero zero draws 
and we, and we beat them in penalties. We had to score, that, that team had to score first. Mm -hmm. You know, no matter, I, I, I always felt we had to score first. I know we equalised against Panathinaikos, but, you know, I, I just felt we were, we were a good counter team. Mm -hmm. You know, if we could defend, defend and maybe nick one, then we'd actually have a chance of nicking another one. Um, like boys up front when they're Kuzan and uh, uh, Kuzan and, and Darsville. Kuzan was a beast, yeah. I tell you. Who else were the top players in that team? Mendes and oh, Davis as Davis well, you know. Mendes, Mendes just came after that, but um, you know, I tell you, we're a great player. Papach was a great player. Was he? Oh, yeah. Simon. Papach was a top footballer, mm -hmm. really was a top footballer. But I remember Kuzan's game at, at Celtic Park. Oh man, he absolutely ragdolled. Uh, um, who was it? Big Mike was at the back with was it Gary Caldwell. That's Caldwell, uh -huh. I think it was Gary. Uh -huh. And by the way, two great defenders. And Kuzan, he wasn't going to play that day. And they, Walter, um, Durante, I was Kenny and myself, talked to him in it. You, know, you need to play Kuzan, physical, could maybe ruffle him a bit. And I pulled Kuzan at training on Friday and I said, Come on, we'll try to get you in this team. And then he ended up getting sent off, wrongly in my opinion, but he ended up getting sent off. But that, if I, I, I made a statement, that's as good a centre forward performance in an old firm game as I've ever seen wow. from anybody. You including yourself in that? I'm including myself. I, I know that's me. I can't believe I said that. <laughs> no, but honestly, God, he, that particular uh -huh. day, he was, he was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. He had a real physicality about him. But that team, I mean, it got the EFA final against Zenit, as you know. But we all, well, I always felt that we had to nick the first goal and then we'd have a chance of I mean, that Zenit team were ridiculous. Uh -huh, great People team, forget they were uh -huh. ridiculous. They scored four goals against Bayern Munich away from home. Uh -huh. I think they scored four goals against Leverkusen away from home. And then if I'm not wrong, I think they beat Man United 3-0 in the Super Cup. Because Man United won the Champions, Champions League. So I think they beat that. them three uh -huh. at Monaco. Uh -huh. So they are shaving and all that. They, they, were a, they were a good side, but that was a great run. Uh -huh. See, well, you said the league, the league should have extended the season first. Oh, it was a disgrace. Because uh -huh. they extended it a bit, didn't they? Uh, but it, was, enough, uh, it was embarrassing. I mean, I was just looking at the other day there. And Pa patched it a bit on it. I think the Russian Federation cancelled Zenit's three or four games previously. Right? <laughs> we, we ended up, I'm telling you, it's ridiculous to think. I, I think we played some like eight games in 18 days or something. Mm -hmm. um, but hey, it might just sound like sour grapes, but no. I mean, any other country on the planet, you know, the association, the league would have helped the, helped the team. Mm -hmm. But it was a lot of politics going on behind the scene. And they. It just wasn't to be, but if you're asking me if it was wrong, it was completely and utterly wrong. Uh -huh. After that year, you went on to win three in a row at Rangers. Yep. What were the what were the changes that you've made for the seasons before that allowed you to do that? I think we brought uh, good some, players. Aye, good players. Uh -huh. I mean, and, and good signings as well. You know, you, you look at boys like as I say, Davis was a great player for us. He was a terrific player. Naismith came in, Lafferty came in, Yelovich came in, uh, Vice came in. All of a good good standard. You know, good uh -huh. players, and. Uh, were certainly um, more offensive with, a, with those those players that I've just mentioned to exactly. You know, you just felt, you know, we, we, we would score goals and enough goals to win games, and that was the case. I mean, Yelovich was a good player, obviously, as well, but, you know, Naismith came in and, and guys like that, and I, I include, you know, Thompson and Whitaker and boys like that that came in. Excellent, excellent players and were great for Rangers. Well, they, did they have the similar dressing rooms? You were back in the way. They were great boys. I mean, they used to have a, a good giggle, as I say. I wasn't as privy to it as I w would have been as a player, mm -hmm. but I was certainly more privy to it, for example, than, than Walter B. I was a, a kind of, you know, a, a, a go, go between, between to, to a certain degree. Kenny and myself would be in and out in that dressing room 
And as I say, well, you'd never consider yourself 100% in it because you're not, you're not a player. But they were good. They were very, very good. We just to encourage boys to go out together and stuff like that. Oh, aye. Uh-huh. And the right time, uh-huh. absolutely. And they would, do it. they would go for their lunches and their games of golf and all that stuff. Uh-huh. I think that's important. I think it's really important. Says if you do it at the right time, you know, you, you know, a team, a, a morale and a, a spirit. And I think Celtic had it the, the year the, the, after nine in a row when they won it. You know, I, I speak to, to, to Stubbsies and, and boys like that and Darren Jackson and boys like that. Yeah. And they had that kind of mentality, a good group of players, they would go for their lunches and things like that. As I say, I don't think it guarantees you success, you know, but I think if your team's winning, it certainly helps. Uh, I need to ask you about the Scottish Cup replay. Sure. Was it, you called Lenny a ginger, was that what made him swing it? No, do you know something? <laughs> do you, no, because he, he just he just kind of got upset. I, I, you know, I congratulate me, Lenny. And he, <laughs> uh, uh, he's obviously misheard what I've said. And he's just kind of, no, it was, it was absolutely just one of these things. I mean, see, when I think about it, I, mean, did, I think with a government inquiry. And the FBI were involved uh, in that, it, it? was ridiculous, man. It was, it was two boys having an argument in a touchline, which happens. And we ended up, I remember right after it, with a bottle of beer up in, in, in his office after it, with a bottle of beer and uh, with Walter. And it was absolutely fine. I just thought that was, when I look back, listen, we shouldn't have done it. You know, we, we, we shouldn't have squared up to each other, kind of thing. But at the same time, how many times have we seen it? You know, and then half an hour later, we're having a bottle of beer. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing just get completely blown out. Of Is it only the games that could do that to you, though? Huh? Do you lose your head in them? The old well, you, you can lose your game, lose your head in any Most game. To be honest yeah. with you, uh, I think. I th- but that said, I think it's really important you don't lose your head, in particularly an old firm game. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it is important that you do try and keep. Keep a lid on it, as it is any game, of course it is. But particularly old firm games, because you are aware, and the police would come in and see you at the start of the season, you are aware there's probably added responsibility on you as players and coaches and indeed managers and fans that particular game, because it has the potential. But um, no, it's a, it's, it's a high-intensity, high-octane game, which is brilliant, and, and, and I really do miss them. Was there always an agreement that you'd take the cup? Cup games for it. Aye, uh-huh. that's right. How did that? Why, why I don't was know. That? I, I think obviously Walter um, very kindly ha- had me in mind for the manager job when he stepped down, and a couple of the Scottish Cup runs he let me take the team, um, and I did it, and it, it were reasonably successful in it. So, yeah. and it was great experience for for stepping into the, the manager seat later on. So, so we do every the team talking. Aye, about oh, I have Do the do the the the, the preparation. Training, obviously he'd be there, but yeah. but uh, do the team talk and all that stuff at half time. Do the team talk. I remember half time I get team talk against Queen of the South. Honestly, God, do nothing up half time, and that was the, the we won bits, absolute bits. We beat the F final, you know. Celtic won the league, and the boys the boys couldn't raise a leg. Yeah. I mean, just had gone just through exhaustion more than anything else. And I've come in at half time, two nothing up. I said, that's it, lads. You've done a hard bit. I said, you got a choice. I said, you get there ten minutes. Make the game easy for yourself. Get another goal. Three nothing. You can enjoy the last thirty minutes of your season, Scottish Cup time. Anyway, ten minutes in the second half when it's two each. I thought. <laughs> I thought this half time. This half time team talks. No, we're doing so well. Where's Walter? You know? <laughs> exactly. I would like dial W for Walter. Right? But thankfully, thankfully we got a winner and, uh-huh. and, uh, and hung on to win that cup. Brilliant. Uh, it was neck neck for the three in a row. What was the key moments? Was it McGregor's penalty save oh, against Celtic? That, uh, that was a big one. Uh-huh. That was a massive, massive save. And it was funny because McGregor played with some great goalies, obviously. Woods and, and Gorham were fantastic. 
but McGregor facing a penalty. I used to take the penalties and I mean, Thursday and Friday at training, mm. we used to have a wee competition. And by the way, he was good. He was probably the best, you know, one-on-one -on -one at the penalties. Goalie that I've ever you know watched and, and, and took you know took penalties against, and he loved it. He just hated like most goalies, like Gorham as well. They just hated getting beat, mm -hmm. hated getting beat, hated picking the ball at the back of the net. But he was big, big player for his that particular penalty save was tremendous. Uh -huh. um, was it additional motivation because it was what was last year as well? Um, or was that no spoken of it? No, not really. No, it wasn't really. I think you don't you don't need to you don't need that additional motivation. I think the motivation's always there from you. And it's what we always used to say, you know, being a, being a player with Rangers, or whether it's Celtic or Rangers, you know, the vast majority of the motivation has to come from within. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're, if you're a Rangers player, a Celtic player, and you're relying on your manager or your coach to motivate you, then you're in the wrong, you're at the wrong club, effectively. You know, the mo motivation, it was always Walter that said that, and I always remember, and it's 100% right, the motivation of you playing with a club like Rangers um, has to come from within, because... It's, it's got to be there every week, you know, you, you can't play with the greatest respect with the majority of teams in Scotland. You can have two good games, an indifferent one, a bad one, and not two good games. You can have a draw here, two wins, a couple of defeats. That's for the mass, vast majority of the teams in Scotland, but it's not for it's not for Rangers. Uh, how long into Walter's reign was it spoken about that you would become the manager after him? Um, towards the end, turn of the year. Uh -huh. But did you always think it would happen when you took the job? Didn't always think no, 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 not at all, no, not at all. Um, it was the furthest thing from my mind actually when I first took the assistant manager's job. So I mean, it really was. It was the furthest thing from my mind. But uh, thankfully, it, it worked out that way, um, and I got it. Albeit dream job at the wrong time, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, I, I, I don't have any regrets. The only regrets I have probably contradict myself. The only regrets I have that. that that the club was in the and ended up in the state it was in, mm -hmm. through no fault of the supporters, through no fault of the players or, or or staff, it was just a shame. But so, but I look back and say, you know, in an ideal world it would have been great, and and you know the club would have been continued in an even keel, and finances would have been fine, but um, it wasn't. It was a complete opposite. Um, but that said, you know, I worked with fantastic people in there, mm -hmm. absolutely fantastic. Um, and I do take a lot of satisfaction um, at the way the club has come through it because there was people in there, you know, great people in there losing their jobs and staff losing their jobs and it's just a horrible, horrible environment and there was a lot of good people, I said, helped to make the club come through it the other side because there's a long time a lot of people didn't think would come out the other side mm -hmm. which... You know, at that time it was unthinkable, and it's unthinkable now. But you know, it was it wasn't getting run well clearly, um, and a lot of people thought it might not come out the other side. Obviously, you're talking about the money situation. You knew that was coming. Did that put you off in any way? Taking it? Well, I didn't know it was coming. Oh, you never so, knew. No, right? I never knew, mate. Honestly, God, I didn't know when they, when I took over the club, we'd get the new owner, Craig White, and at that particular time, there was a lot of. Um, Gossip about about him, you know how this multi-millionaire billionaire could remain under the radar, um, and it probably well it didn't it, not probably it definitely proved to be founded the, the uncertainty because it didn't work out and then all of a sudden the club was in administration and liquidation, um, and it was horrible. So I, I didn't have any idea. I mean, would it have changed? Would it have changed my my opinion and taking the job? Probably not. 
No, no, because um, listen, I'm a Rangers man, and I wanted to to help the club and do whatever I could for the club in any way, shape, or form. Um, and that's exactly what I did. Uh -huh. Was there a point that you started to pick up peculiar behaviour for oh, Craig Lee? Why? <laughs> oh, why? Oh, why? Well, he's dipping your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! The one thing, if you're involved in football long enough, and you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, you can smell it. You can smell it. Uh -huh. Oh, you can smell it. Uh, smell it a mile away. And there was things happening. And uh, and I remember one Friday night, and the club had just got into administration. We could see it. We knew it was happening, you know. And uh, a Friday night, the club had just got into administration. And I'm sitting in the house with a game on a Saturday. And just sitting in a glass of wine. My mother was there for me. My mother, the family. And I thought, I'm phoning him. I'm phoning Craig White. So, club's administration, place is carnage, by the way, carnage. So, I know he's sitting in his boat hole in, was it Monaco? He used to disappear. So, I phoned him. And by the usual, brilliant, one ring, bang, up he goes, Alistair, how are you? I went, well, he comes a wee shock to you, Craig. I said, no, so good, fun enough. I said, no, so good. I said, it's a... Uh, Carnage here. I said, there's people losing their jobs. You know, obviously, you know, the club's administration. I said, the whole thing's, I mean, you know, can you, can you lighten us? What's going to happen? Can you give us any information? He went, never get his words. He said, I know Alistair, he said, you're absolutely spot on. He said, I reckon another couple of days with the tin hats on and we'll get through this. And I was like, wow. Wow. And that was in the next morning. And of course, it's, it's, a, it's a gallows humour that gets you through. Mm -hmm. Right? So, any problems we had from then for the next, whatever it was, 18 months, <laughs> two years, with Kenny and Durante, we'd look at each other and I'd go, another couple of days with the tin hats on, we'll get through this. <laughs> Come on now, don't lose your spirit now, lads. Brilliant. Two days, tin hats, through uh -huh. it. But no, you could, you know what it's like, you could uh -huh. smell it. it. It just wasn't good. How mad was that period going back to the third division and going to their places, oh, the grounds? Mental, mental. But brilliantly mental, uh -huh. you know. A few laughs. Oh, jeez. I remember the first game. The first game was at Brecon. Uh -huh. right? The ball got stuck in the head, you know what I mean? The ball got stuck in the head, <laughs> right? And I came off and I sent Andy Townsend, because I was working the Champions League, and I sent Andy Townsend, how am I might have fallen? I said, I'm new at a game. The, the ball's stuck in the head, and I've got to wait for something to get a pair of ladders. I said, I was doing it into Milan versus Juventus two weeks ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> What's happened here? Cause it, but, but, but it was fantastic. I mean, the people at Ken or at Breakin, for example, these people were brilliant. Mm -hmm. Absolutely brilliant. We're going to, I remember the first league game, we're going to Peterhead, right? We're driving a Rangers bus to Peter Peterhead. It was like the circus had come to town. Mm -hmm. Everybody was there, right? Grannies holding wains and people <laughs> waving and all that stuff. Carnage. Just going to believe it. Mm -hmm. Big police cordons and all that stuff. I remember turning, Kenny sitting there, I remember leaning over to Durante. I says, oh, wee man. She says, what is it? I said, you know something, Paul? I always figured that you and I would end up in Peterhead, I said, but this wasn't exactly how I imagined it. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> but see, unfair to you, how hard is it to try and manage a club when all this is going on in the background? Um, is it impossible? It was near, nearly impossible. I mean, as I say, the staff were brilliant, right down to the girls in the kitchen. Um, the two people that there was no way I could have got through it without was uh, was we Carl, the press, and, and, and Stephen. I mean, Stephen Kerr and, and Carol Patton, just absolutely unbelievable. 
And without them, I don't think I'd get through it. They were fantastic, briefing me. You know, we used to we used to do press conferences before the press conference, and say this is what's going to get asked. This is what they're going to say. I mean, mental, uh -huh. mental. And you just wanted to you just wanted to go and take training and organise a team. And to be fair, that's where Durante and, and, and Kenny, the two of them were absolutely brilliant, brilliant. Because I was getting, I was getting summoned off the training ground to go over to Ibrox to meetings and all that stuff. And um, it was it was just kind of weird. The whole thing was weird. But as I say, without the help of the, the staff and brilliant staff, it'd have been a struggle. Uh, given all that stuff you were doing, giant your exit was a bit unfair. Um. Um. I wouldn't say so, no, because I'm trying to look at it from their point of view, and I'll tell you why, Simon, because all I did was, I didn't leave the club, you know, it's given me a wee chance to probably put the records here, I didn't leave the club as such, all I said was, I would be leaving at the end of my contract, so I wanted to honour my contract and, and stay and finish my job, effectively, and by the way, just for the record, I still honestly believe I had to get Rangers up that year. Um, Hearts had gone, but I'd get, I, I honestly believe, still to this day, rightly or wrongly, I'd believe I'd get us up through the, the playoffs. The playoffs. <clears throat> um, and then it was Derek Lambias um, decided, no, that's not right. You're not getting the, the, the opportunity to see a contract out. I respect his decision. He probably felt it created a little bit of uncertainty. I don't know, you'd have to ask him that question. But um, I get summoned in a, on the Sunday night to say, you know, that I was getting put on gardening leave, not sacked. A lot of people might get that one wrong. I was put on gardening leave um, between then and the end of the season. And that's exactly what happened. Um, and then obviously Kenny took over. Um, and I remember having a conversation with Kenny. I've never seen a man not want to be anywhere as much in his life. Mm -hmm. but, but the one thing that he, he had to do and he did with great distinction in class was carry out his, his duties and, and, and his contract, Kenny. Um, such was Kenny's loyalty. Kenny wanted to leave with myself, and I get that. But, you know, the most important thing was for Kenny to see out his contract and on his contract the same way that I, you know, I wanted to do. Um, and he took over the manager's job. Um, and if my job was difficult, his was nearly impossible, if not impossible. Um, and obviously that didn't last too long, and then and then Stuart came in. But no, the staff were absolutely fantastic. So, in answer to the question, was it unfair? You know, probably not. I mean, I, I'm, I'm disappointed that we ended clearly. I'd like the opportunity to, to see out the job, but it wasn't to be in Celavie. Uh -huh. Finally, uh, Ali, how, how do you look back on your time at Rangers? Oh, it was the greatest time of my life. You know, we just did a, a thing earlier on today, and, it was one of these, you get two choices, you know, Celtic Rangers question and all that stuff. And somebody said, football or family? Listen, clearly the answer is going to be family. Always will be and always should be. But I had family in at Rangers. You know, that's the way I look at it. My family, extended family, was those, those boys that I worked with and played with uh, and coached and managed and worked under. That was my extended family. So it was just, it was just the greatest experience, greatest experience, of, of, of certainly my life and I was very, very privileged, as I say, to play there, coach there and manage there. Dream come true. Ali, you're some man. Thanks, mate. Great pal. Cheers, Still enjoyed you. it. Top man. Great mate.
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.